0: Lord, this is Brother Julius. Are with me again. We are going through the letters of Apostle Paul to Timothy. We are now going to chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. Apostle Paul in this is starting this chapter off by telling about prophecies. I read it and then stop and give some explanation. Read along with me. Take your Bible. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving, of them which believe and know the truth, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now this. These things that he has listed here as signs of the end, and some of the things that will be happening on the world that have been going on off, off and on, off and on, and in this end of the world, it's already going. He said they will be forbidden to marry. We say, well, is there any group that's forbidden anybody to marry at all? Well, and we don't know whether any particular denomination, he's not talking about churches or denomination, he's just talking about what is going, what will be going on in the world. He said they will be forbidden people to marry and command to abstain from meats. Well, you say some people always the in the in the in the dietary laws. Some people say, "Well, don't eat this kind of food; it may be, get you sick and so on." But you have to remember, when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about, it is not what we eat that we make us unclean; it's what you are saying Because the Jews have their lord that said you are not to eat this, you are not to. Eat that. And then when Christ came, He was making us to see that it is not what you put in your mouth that make you unclean; it is what comes out of your mouth. Because the uncleanness they were talking about, they were thinking of, is the spiritual uncleanness. Spiritual uncleanness, and Christ is saying, the what you put in your mouth does not bring you into spiritual uncleanness. It is what comes out of your mouth. The words that you say can make you unclean. The evil thoughts, the adultery, you say they come from the heart. The behavior, those are the things that make you unclean. So you meet you, it does not make you unclean. Where it, in wisdom, we have to remember, so meat can make somebody sick, sickly, sick, physically sick. And if those food or that animal or those meat, carrying jams can make somebody sick, you are not helping your But A sick person, if he's a believer and dies with that sickness, we still go to heaven. You have to remember that. So that's why we are not talking about the spiritual uncleanness that we send people to hell. The spiritual uncleanness is the adultery, the fornication. Those are also evil thoughts that come from the heart. You have to plan it from your heart before you go do it, it's stealing. Mother, you know They are things people plan and then they, it's coming from the heart. They then go and implement it or say it out. Those are all the things that defile a man. He said to read the physical meat. does not defile a man. So that's why Apostle Paul is referring to that. In the last, some people will be emphasizing the physical meat, as if if you read this, you are you are ungodly. See, that is what Apostle Paul is referring to. No, there is nothing like that. He said all that God has created it's nothing to be refused their good, if it will be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of this thing, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou art attained. So he wanted Timothy to keep emphasizing or reminding believers regularly of what is coming in the future and what the Christian lifestyle is and we are not under the law of touch this not don't think that that as if that is how we're going to please god it's not by the meat so that the kingdom of god is not meat and drink but righteousness and holiness in the holy ghost so it's not what you eat or meat that's going to please god or not please god but if god gave you instruction that fast for two days and you refuse to adapt you will not be meat or eating it is disobedience there are two different things are you disobedient or you are just it's not just because of the meat or drink you are eating, it's the disobedience that matters in that case. Now, we went further in verse 7. It says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise their self rather unto godliness. This is our exhortation to Timothy, and we should take it of that. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. Whatever that means, it means that all things that does not really edify spiritually, it's just stories and stories. And some people call it jokes. And some places, some people say before they start, their are preaching. They will crack some jokes. Some of those jokes may be as uh, indirect lies. So you have to be careful about what what you are doing, what you are saying, because we are. You say, every I do, what that we speak, we we are going to be held accountable in the day of judgment. So some mm-hmm. of those jokes may even be indirectly lies, mm-hmm. and we don't want to be lying. Verse eight bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of this life that now is and of that which is to come." Well Apostle Paul was talking about bodily exercise, because he knew uh, Timothy was a young man and as young men in their 20s, in their 30s, exercising, going to play soccer, going to play football and all those type of things is part of their life and it's, they have, those things have some benefits. If you exercise your health, you'll be healthy, and so on. So on. Apostle Paul said, "Yeah, it profited a little, but the more thing that we profit more is the godliness, righteousness, the living for Christ, living for the Bible, living, telling the truth, and righteousness. Those are he said those are profitable unto eternal life, a promise of life that now is and of God which is to come." So it's not saying you should not do bodily exercise. It's just reminding him that well, as a minister of the gospel, now yes, you are a young man, you want to do all those physical exercise, but Make sure you, you have priorities. Do that at some time, but uh, most of the time, the righteousness that you are living, the lifestyle of Christ, is, a, is an exercise also. You have to do something. That's an exercise. Anything you do physically, you read your Bible, you study to show yourself approved, it's an exercise. You're exercising your, your brain to pick up the word of God, to remem- remem- memorize the scriptures. So it's an exercise. He said that that exercise of righteousness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life we now have, that is God giving you the spiritual power, is the promise of life now, and of that which is to come, then you are going to be in that eternal life also, when, in, the, in the kingdom of God when it comes. Verse 9, this is a faithful say and worthy of all acceptation, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach, so you can see apostles continually remind Timothy that all this I'm teaching you, you teach other people also. Command it and teach it. as a pastor, you remind yourself that this is what you will be teaching for the believers. So everybody should take care of all this exhortation. also. Verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity as in love, in spirit as in fervency, in faith and in purity. Father sinned by to be an example of a believer, that is, he is, is supposed to be a pastor, so his lifestyle, his words of his mouth, his behaviors, his reaction to people should be showing all these attributes in your conversation, you must be must be godly and be around the word of God, you are exhorting people by the word of God, in showing love, in fervency for the gospel, or showing faith, exercising faith, you must be an example in showing purity, not that you find you still doing some thing with some opposite sex, that would be questionable. He said that, make sure that you are pure before men. 1st 13. He said, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. That means the elders lay hand upon Timothy and whatever gift was imparted upon you, so don't neglect it. If it's a gift of prophecy, make sure you use it. If it's a gift of uh, of uh, being able to speak in other languages, speaking diverse kinds of tongues, make sure you use it. So that don't neglect the gift that is in that was given to you through the laying hand of hands. Verse 15 says, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy prophecy may appear to all. So give yourself wholly to all these things you are talking about, Make sure you are doing all of these things so that you're profiting, whatever you are getting from it, everybody can see that yes, this man, this brother, is, is increasing, is progressing in, in faith. Verse 16, take it unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Now that's a good example for everybody that is a teacher. You t- teaching people the word of God, you also have to continue in that thing that you are teaching them. So that you save yourself and all those that are hearing you also will be saved because just telling them and you do yourself don't doing it they will look at your example and then they are things that they themselves will't do it but as you teach it and do it then they will also be challenged to do what you are what they are been hearing from you that's how you're going to save yourself and save them now we're going to go to chapter five. And in this chapter 5, Apostle Paul is talking to Timothy how to address the elders in the church, this elderly age, and also going to talk about how to address the elderly women. Verse 1 of chapter 5, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Now, that is simple, straightforward, it doesn't need any really much explanation. It's simply telling Timothy that there are elders in the church the got God when they are already in their 60s in their 50s. And Timothy was just a 20 year old or 25 year old or 30 year old young man that is the pastor. So that better address those elders as fathers and respect them like and treat them as a father. The young men, they are your brethren just Address them as your brethren, your brothers, and the women, your sisters. The elderly women, say treat them as mothers. They are old enough to be your mom, really Treat them as mothers. The younger women, treat them as sisters. They are your sisters. Say so with all purity, that is, you are a young man, and there's a young woman in your church, let there be no accusation, be pure. When you are ready to marry you choose the right fellow for yourself but let them not be seeing you in in improper behavior with some of the young women that that we call impurity but still honor widows that are widows indeed and it's going to qualify who are the widows indeed but if any widow have children or nephews let them learn first in, to show piety at home and to requite their parents That is good and acceptable before God. Mm Now, the reason why Apostle is talking about this is the widows are people that have lost their husband, and in that generation, especially, most of the women don't do any other work, they just take care of the house. So if the man that is providing the the, the bread, the breadwinner is dead, the women are almost like a they are in a a abandoned forsaken situation, abandoned situation, they are. Desolate is the word I'm looking for, because they are desolate financially. the uh, the the group, the body of Christ, the church, be uh, have to begin to help them financially also. So he's saying they should be honored, and I mean taking care of them is what you mean by honoring them. But he said if these women are, if the widow are the women that already have children, maybe their children are already grown up, then their children should be taken care of their mom, not uh, the church. So that's what he's addressing it. If any widow have children, or they have just have nephews, I mean people that are related to them, that are also in the church especially, that you can, the pastor can talk to them. This is your aunt, your aunt, even though she, she's a widow now, even though she has no children of her own, or she has children that are not, uh, not able to take care of her. Then the nephews can also tap in, that's what she, Apostle Paul is saying, that if they have or they have nephews, they should show piety at home to their parents. To requite their appearance. but well, that is good and acceptable before God. It's a responsibility for you to take care of your fathers and your mothers. That includes those aun- aunts and uncles that are desolate, that needed your help. That's what Apostle Paul is pointing out in verse, two, in verse 4. Verse 5 says, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusted in God and continued in supplications and prayers night and day. So he's saying there, there are some that are widows indeed. They don't have anybody to take care of them they don't have nephews or the nephews are far away and they don't have children that are going to be able to take care of them then, then they are really going to be desolate those are the ones that they are widows indeed those, those widows you also see that they are trusting in god they are continuing in prayer and supplication all night and day. They, they give their life to god now because there is nothing there's nothing here they are responsible for it and just giving their life to god they don't have a husband to take care of and that they have children. And they also no children to to for to, to take care of them, so they are going to be desperate. That's why he, he's, he, those are the widows indeed. Verse seven said, verse six said, but she that liveth in pleasure, if the if they, if there's one that is a widow, but because she has a lot of money, because left by left behind by her husband, and she's living in pleasure, he says he's dead. Why she liveth? Because most widows they are desperate. They are always into prayer and trusting God and looking for the day they will join their husband that has been that has passed on to glory. But if they are living in pleasure, say they are there, why are they see that's, that's not a good behavior. Verse 7. And this says, give in charge that they may be blameless. Verse eight says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and it's worse than an infidel. So if somebody is in the church, a believer, and he has a, a hand that is desolate, and you cannot take care of the hand, then you say you have, you have more than the infidel. Or if you are a believer, you have a mom or a dad that is old and desolate, and mostly called widows or women, a mom that is a desolate woman, and you have not enough money to provide for them, then you better get some more money to help them. He said, "If you are, if you don't provide for your own, your family members that are desolate, he said, you are worse than an infidel. You are worse than an unbeliever. That's what he You should be a believer. You should be somebody that fear God, as God said, honor your father and your mother. So how do you honor them? Taking care of them in their old age, but they have taken care of you when you are young, you are little, when you don't know your right hand from your left, when you are just four months old, six months old, one year old." And those that mother take took care of you. Now that she is desolate in her old age, you better take care of her. That's what Apostle Paul is pro- proposing him. That anyone that is in the church and does not do that to provide for his own family members that are widows. So there are wars and everything. Verse 9. Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old, having been the wife of one man. So he's saying. The widow that the church the the group can be taken care of has to be somebody that is above 60. that's what she is proposing he said that if he is uh, if he's not if he's under 60 year old that means she's still a young woman even though she has lost her husband she's like 45 55 and she lost her husband she she should not be taken care of by the church if, the, if she, she can still marry marry because of her, that's age. That's what is proposing. Younger women can still remarry If they are 60 and above, they have got to retain. there is no need for them to, to go and be looking for a marriage. If the church can take care of it. That's why he told was proposed. Let not a widow be taken to the number. How many widows are your church? Is your church for supporting? For so if you are they are still under, under 60, it shouldn't be counted as widows that have been that are desolate. He said you give more you not just 60 years, he said they have to be the wife of one man, that is, they have lived with their husband for all their adult life, they have only married one person, and that man is dead now, For by them to be 60, that means they have been married for at least 30, for 30, 30, 30, 30 something years, so that's what the Apostle Paul's saying, then they can be classified as widows in the, that the church can take care of. He also was tested the widow also have to be well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, and she has raised children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have watched the saints' feet, that is she has been helping the body of Christ, That saints' feet. Believers. If she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, so he said those are all the qualities that a, a widow as a the they should have. So if they are not doing all those things, they have not been, they have not raised children. Actually, if they have raised children, their children should be taken care of them also. But at least they are counted as widows. Does not mean that the church will be financially um, supporting them? If they have children, they are said that in the upfront. Children should be taking care of their parents. But they are also going to still be classified as widows, whether they have, whether the children are supporting them or not, or whether the church is taking care of them or not verse 11 but the younger widows refuse that means don't accept them as widows if they are younger for when they have begun to wax wanting against christ they will marry so he's saying actually it's better for them to just marry so that they don't say they are widows and then they they say they have become wax wanting against christ they can't keep their, if they say they are not going to marry, they are going to keep keep themselves, celibate for the rest of their life, and they are still young, because they are now widows, because their husband died, they may not be able to carry that for too, for long, that's what it meant, they will walk once against Christ, and then they will marry, so mm-hmm. don't make a promise which you cannot come, keep it, verse 12, they say they are, they are having damnation because they have cast off their first feet, and they have said, oh we are going to stand, we are not going to marry again, we are going to just live for Christ and and they're still in their younger age. Ten years, five years, ten years, they begin to feel lonely and very soon they'll get married again, when they throw away their all this all this bold faced declaration like Apostle Paul said, Oh, I will never deny thee. That was still in the flesh. When the threat comes without the Holy Ghost, they give it. So that's why Apostle Paul is say, saying the same thing to widows. If they're younger widows don't carry them their widow, let them go and marry try to stay, they are going to stay, they are not going to marry anymore, they marry after some few years, they will realize that, they can't keep that hope. And if I start to say, with all, the land to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but thoughtless also, and busy bodies, speaking things which they ought not. So I just keeping all of these things, that some of these attributes of God's being can be visually found in in such women that are not occupied, they are not busy. Because that's what you mean by they are idle. They learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, gossiping. That's what he was referring to. That doesn't mean that all women are like that. They simply say it's very easy for people to fall into that category. If they are idle and they have no husband, they are responsible for anyone. That's 14. So I will therefore that the younger women, now It's talking about younger women, not just widows now. The younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give non-occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. So you can see where, well, Apostle Paul was not, the tower that we promoted that everybody should be reverent sisters, the celebrate like the exiles of churches. They want to make a vow of, a, of a, what they call the vow of being a, a celibate. A nun or monk? No, that was not God. because not call anybody to go and be a monk or a nun. Some churches have that in their organization, but that's not the New Testament doctrine at all. Say, younger women should marry, be a children, guide the house, give non-occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. says, for some are already turned outside after Satan. Verse sixteen: If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be shocked, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. So, you see what I was talking, Apostle was referring to how, whether the church should take care of the widows or widows should be taken care of their their relatives. They have relatives, sons, daughters that are in the church also, they are the ones that should take care of their widowed and not the church. You don't be responsible for that. Verse seventeen. Let the elders that rule well now, I'm just talking of elders, the bishops and all those people that are in authority, be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labour in the word and doctrine. That is those who are teaching. They study the word of God to teach others, and they may be the may be, be the pastor or bishop. They may not also be. They may not be the pastor. They just are uh, well versed in the scriptures and they took time to study and to be the one to present exhortation or sermons in the congregation. Say they should be honoured, double honoured for the job they are doing. because well, they are not being paid for this. And in the days of Paul, possible are the pastors been paid, but whatever the church is contributing as, as tithes and offerings, the most likely we're using that to pay pastors. that most of these elders are not paid for teaching or preaching. They're just doing it for the joy of serving the Lord. And that is what we still do up to today. It's not like we are paid ministers of the gospel. No. God is the one that's paying us by giving us the job that we that's paying us salary. Verse 18. For well, the scripture said, Thou shalt not muscle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy of his reward. In short, he's saying, Give them double honor. He didn't say they should be paid so salary. He honor them for the work they are doing, which they are voluntarily doing and that's why he's quoting the scripture say the laborer is worthy of his reward the, the reward they are getting is the honor you give to them as a, as a teacher of the gospel and just labor to be, because before you can go and teach the gospel you have to study it yourself to, to please to remember to practice what you what you want to say and that is in itself like a job and that's why he said give them double honor verse 19. against an elder receive not an accusation now you can see everything that Paul is talking about in the Timothy is saying that what you will practice among believers in the church, in the midst of believers, in the local church. is laying it down for a, for a young pastor What how to undo things. He said, that if any, any elder was accused of something, don't just receive the accusation, but let him be before two or three witnesses. Get evidence, get witness that this man really did something that you say before you bring it before the man himself, them that sin, rebuke before all, that others also may fear, now if they have actually sinned, say so don't just say secrets to them, rebuke them before all, so that the others also may fear, and you say is that possible, is that allowed, yeah that's what Apostle Paul said, as the pastor of the congregation, he's, he's an overseer for that group, he could, he could bring it before the church. that's what he meant, rebuke anyone that sinned, before the whole conclusion so that they will, the others will fear not to do similar things. Verse 21, I shall thee be before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without prevailing one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Lay unsolently on no man, neither be particular of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. But it's not just jump to begin to even when you want to pray for people say, you have to get the agreement of the fellow you want to pray for why because it will not even work if you are not in agreement so when you say don't lay hands only on somebody you think you are doing him in favor you no know, lay hands only on no man you have to agree with him if you want to be prayed for by laying hand off hands then you agree with him because this if two of you shall if two of you shall agree concerning the matter is what Jesus Christ said. The same thing with laying hands. yes i to agree. You want to pray for somebody? Can I lay my hand upon I remember when I when I met her, when I, me and my wife just got married, we went to a, a, a woman that was the principal of a school where she was working, and she was the woman was sick in the in the house, and she had been sick before in the hospital, and she was, she was now in the house, and we pay her a high visit, and I was a visitor, just came back from from overseas and man also was said to be a believer from one of those churches. So when she, when they were describing the problem what she had to face and so on, and now she everything was getting better now, I wanted to see whether I could pray for her. So I asked her, can can I pray for you? So I asked her, can I pray for you? Can I lay my hand upon you and pray for you? That's what I said. I was a minister of the gospel, but of course, she didn't know me, I'm not from their church. I'll just, i just a visitor come to town. So I said, can I lay my hand upon you and pray for you? She said, no, if you want to pray, you just pray right there where you're sitting. But I said, well, in that case, I don't need to pray. And that, that is what...